Welcome back to the Enterprise Fleet Summit. I'm your host, Thomas Watson, Enterprise Trucking Carrier Expert here at Freight Waves. And joining me today is Ms. Beth Howard. She's the Director of Carrier Development here at Transfix. She has close to 15 years of experience across all types of transportation. So we're super, super excited to, to have her on. Uh, welcome, Beth. Thanks so much for having me, Thomas, and Freight Waves. This is an exciting moment. I feel like uh, all my freight dreams are coming true being able to do this today. That's what we're in the business to do here. Uh, for the folks who don't know about Transfix, uh, how, describe a little bit about kind of what you all do. Absolutely. We're an intelligent uh, freight platform. What we really do is we combine a lot of industry expertise, machine learning, software innovation to really deliver a best-in-class service to our shippers and to our carriers in order to help optimize our network. And I'm all about big network optimization. That kind of leads into our topic of like, Enterprise fleets in the landscape. It's all about optimization, of course. Um, what do you? What are your thoughts and, and experiences? What do you see the current enterprise fleet landscape being? I think that's a that's an interesting question, especially right now. So, I think when we talk about the enterprise fleet landscape, I think we can't take away COVID nineteen. What it's done to our industry and to the current market is right now. I think that really helped propel. Uh, the dedicated enterprise fleet kind of back into the forefront of everyone's mind. We saw a lot of people that were working in different aspects of the logistics industry really go back to a dedicated model, specifically when we talk about products such as packaging or food supply or uh, even bottled water at that period in time. They really kind of uh, realized that going back to dedicated model would help optimize their, uh, their supply chain solutions. What we're seeing right now in the market is well, we're seeing a lot of uh, you know volatility, if you will. March, we're seeing uh, volumes go down, particularly spot rates. They're also going down. And right now, dedicated lanes are looking more attractive to to our carriers. Uh, we also have an interesting mix right now with our fuel that's going up, which is increasing operational costs. Which, if it continues, we might see a lot of our mid-sized carriers or even small carriers start to park their equipment to cause capacity crunch. So right now. Since services of the essence, we're seeing a lot more utilization of these of these dedicated fleets, especially to, um, as we like to say, our high value customers that move a lot of high value goods, uh, customers that have a lot of inflexibility with pickup times and delivery times based on uh, production lines, and really high touch uh, freight, if you will. And looking at like, especially the dedicated fleets, um, you know, what are some of the benefits of actually having that compared to just riding the rail spot market, semi-random, you know, just going at it? Riding the rails, that's a, that's a good analogy. So there's a lot of um, really uh, positives of this. So specifically in our industry, um, guaranteed capacity is one of them. Uh, you know, it really helps to mitigate any type of volatility in the market, especially when it comes to pricing, kind of helps smooth that out. It's also, again, um, it's super imperative. We see a lot of drivers that are, have a lot of um, basically high turnover rate uh, in the market. But when we talk about dedicated fleets, they really have the highest driver retention. And what that does, it has guaranteed service. So when we talk about pickups and drop-offs and uniqueness at facilities, we see a lot of really you know, um, customers such as CPGs that have high on-demand time. Uh, or needs really uh, see benefit from this. We also see that they have the highest safety ratings in the industry um, from a fleet perspective. And this also helps to mitigate, you know, any type of other issues that we see sometimes in freight. I think that's a great point, uh, especially like the challenges and having the consistency. I think dedicated fleet turnover was like 15 to 18%, but a full over the road fleet that runs semi-random routes, we're talking 90 to 100% 
Have y'all experienced, uh, uh, is it a big popular thing when we do try to go dedicated or are there any potential uh, uh, downsides or risks? Um, I think it's unique to everybody's business model, right? Uh, you want to be able to make sure you partner with the right carriers that uh, really have the right uh, kind of, uh, you know, processes that can handle your freight mix as a business here, specifically at Transfix. Our business model has been one of where we bring on high volume, consistent shippers that have a lot of consistent lanes. So for us, we've seen um, a lot of ease to kind of shift our uh, mindset towards dedicated freight, towards dedicated carriers, and um, specifically the power of our platform as well. We're allowing the opportunity for even smaller fleets, uh, maybe the guy that owns, you know, two to 10 trucks to kind of be able to also supplement that dedicated capacity instead of always going with what we consider to be an enterprise true dedicated fleet, which maybe be 50, you know, or more units uh, up to a thousand. So, uh, so far, the way we've been able to offer freight through the platform, we've seen a lot of uh, advantages. Talking about technology and the platform, I think that's a great point. Uh, I know when I was a broker, you'd work with some carriers and they barely had an Excel spreadsheet. And so for a lot of these guys who now have these high fuel costs, all this inflation, um, you know, what's kind of the profile of some of these smaller carriers? Are they are they even technologically in the 21st century? Um. That's a great question as well. I think that uh, when we talk about smaller carriers and smaller business owners, uh, I, I think it's you know it's been the right opportunity for a lot of these guys to get in the business the past couple of years. We've seen a really big influx of, of people becoming um, carriers and getting MC numbers in the past few years. I, I think something that when we talk about uh, technology, um, a lot of these smaller guys do go to Excel and they think that being in Excel means that they're organized. And it does help to organize. I do not want to take away. I help. It helps me to organize my life. Uh, but I think tech really helps to like automate business decisions um, that they maybe can't foresee. It helps to do future analytics that, again, that they don't have the formula to see because they don't have the breadth of data that we can offer them. Um, it's also a way to help optimize their network to make sure, hey, um, are we making the right amount per mile? What are my overhead business costs? Is this lane viable to me? Um, are we working with the right partners? And I think that's what tech has been able to do and platform our platform has been able to do along with our app rather than um, having to crunch the numbers yourself. I think that's, you know, it's almost, especially when we're talking about dedicated, uh, a lot of these brokerage models, including, you know, Transfix, there's a potential to have dedicated capacity on demand. So you have like the enterprise carrier, we go to a network design guy and he'll give you X amount of trucks for X price. Uh, are any shippers or any folks seeing the potential to say, well, Instead of having one mega carrier at the enterprise level, uh, is there any value to a collection of these smaller ones using the technology for the same kind of visibility? Uh, I think there is. I think that our technology helps to democratize kind of what freight uh, has historically been. And I think that, um, you know, it really gives visibility and to the smaller guys to maybe uh, lanes or opportunities that they never had because running your own um, trucking company, being an owner-operator, you're worried about getting your next load. You're worried about servicing the load you currently have. You're worried about all these other things. So it didn't really allow you time to maybe go build business partnerships with people that have consistent high-volume freight. And I think through the platform and things like that, we're able to show carriers that are considered or could be great carriers and offer great um, you know, service, uh, have consistent capacity for us, uh, have built a visibility into lanes, into shippers that they've never been able to work with before that fit their model. Uh, and that also helps to, uh, you know, for us mitigate some of, you know, um, potential capacity issues we have just because you have a dedicated carrier that might have several uh, tractor trailers 
you know, there also always a human element. Things do go wrong. Um, so with that, being able to have a platform that has a, an open marketplace that we're able to have on-demand capacity does help in those situations. And I guess I was kind of looking at the models. You got a traditional model where you have your basic RFP, you go through your bid cycles, you have these kind of relationships. And then uh, there's a, you know, you guys are kind of bringing into a newer model. Describe what you guys are hoping to achieve by making either a newer or the better model for uh, for trucking. I think when it comes to specifically like dedicated fleets, what we're looking to do is create a better experience for the carriers. Uh, We're looking to be able to help them find freight quickly, help them to understand um, what may be, you know, again, the visibility of the freight is. So how long is this freight going to be lasting for? Uh, you know, how many months do you need to de- dedicate, uh, a, you know, a driver or your fleet to this? Um, what particularly is the shipper and the commodity? Because let's be honest, there's a lot of drivers out there uh, that don't want to go to specific, you know, specific facilities because there's long wait times or just the way the operationalize and being able to give people visibility and that helps them pick the right freight at the right time for their equipment and for their business. Uh, and for us, it helps us ensure that we're picking the right carrier to service our clients. So you almost get the savings of having a smaller fleet, but they get to have the benefits of this enterprise level access. I think that's pretty cool because, uh, you know, uh, basically looking at tech and making it carrier first and driver first. Uh, That's definitely a a fun topic to dive into because this is always a challenge for large enterprise fleets where they normally take brand new people. They're less than six months. Half of them don't make it. It's very rough. Um, You know, have uh, how some tech has has any of the tech actually helped some of these smaller carriers, uh, you know, improve the driver experience or, or make life better by using the platform? Yeah, I think it does. I think it goes back to what we first talked about. I think it turns smaller carriers into more of a dedicated fleet. Uh, it was able to offer consistency, is able to optimize their network, is able to find, um, you know, headhauls or backhauls as needed to fit in their network as they start to grow their network. Uh, it's also able to con- give them a continuous stream of, of business, uh, which in terms is going to be able to help them also grow their business. So if they're looking to expand their fleet, uh, being able to use platforms, uh, that can show, you know, uh, reloads, if you will, out of a, a particular uh, dedicated lane you have is maybe a, a new lane in your network that's going to fit is, is all part of the process. Uh, it's, it's super exciting to see, especially with all the changes and challenges. Um, you know, a lot of customers are asking for dedicated. Have you guys noticed in dedicated, has it been mostly towards dedicated as an X amount of volume or has it started expanding into maybe I'll give you a distribution center and you can help me plug in some uh, some, you know, round trips, DC outbound, circle back. Mm-hmm. I think if you asked 100 people what they mean by dedicated, you get 100 different answers. Um, I think historically we think of dedicated as here's a subset of business, here's the length of the business, and here's the volume of the business. I'll go run with it. Um, and traditionally that would fall with enterprise carriers. Uh, there's, again, still a need for enterprise carriers, uh, especially when we talk about uh, equipment type or mode type. Uh, there's things that they're going to be able to handle based on just the, the breadth of size they have. But what we're able to see is we bring on more consistent lanes um, and really start to develop a carrier network. We're able to, you know, again, put consistency uh, with smaller carriers, with more reliable carriers that are, are interested in this freight and continue to partner with us uh, and make them successful that way. Looking at kind of some forward thinking ideas, here into the future. We know that there's declines in volumes and there's a lot of pressure on spot. Uh, You know, is this something that you all are seeing a lot more bites? I remember when I was a broker, I'd say, hey, send out this dedicated lane. And sometimes I get some rates back. Sometimes I wouldn't. But are you guys seeing a lot more folks paying attention to this now and going like, hey, I need to like sign up for this now. Fleets of all sizes 
Or is this still something where everyone's, uh, the market's still pretty crazy? I think that change is inevitably hard, right? So reverting back to how it was when you were a broker, uh, there's still that knee-jerk reaction to do so uh, when you run a business model. But I think as our algorithms become um, you know, more progressive, we're able to uh, have better real-time data to predict cost uh, in real time and not be as reactive um, as some of the market. We're seeing more people tend towards this model, yes. When it comes to like, especially with dedicated, I guess with the end state be especially, you almost have the ability of an enterprise carry because if you use the platforms like Transfix as well, you could get your head haul, you could get your back haul, you could get all your hauls and basically be able to help it augment your, your ecosystem. Correct. I think that that's the, the biggest part about this is, is being able to reduce the empty miles you have, being able to um, have really power over your own business uh, from a carrier aspect in terms of, again, being able to service the Fortune 500 companies that maybe you've never been able to, to be you know um, part of their routing guide because, again, um, you, know, you had a smaller amount of equipment, you, didn't have time to make those calls and make those relationships. Uh, but now we're able to offer the visibility into um, a, a lot of the questions and facility types that you're going to be going into to develop your, your, your network. I think there's a lot of value in that, especially now. Uh, biggest thing I've noticed as well for new entrants compared to enterprise carriers is these enterprise guys, thousands of trucks, decades of experience, new entrants. I just started. I hope my my uh, FMCSA you know, MCs aged long enough to work with people um, you know, is there a big dividing line in terms of knowledge of running the, the trucking business? Do you think there's something that brokerages can help fill as not only providing service, but educational as well? I think there's a lot of education that brokers can provide now. I know um, we hate to say this, but let's be honest, like, you know, years ago, when especially when I started in the industry, maybe when you started industry, broker was kind of a, a dirty word. No one really wanted to talk about it. And you're always like, I'm a broker. Um, and, and carriers didn't really want to talk to you. Um, I think now the the way that we have envisioned how a brokerage should work, uh, yes, I think that there are lots of tools and learning sessions that Transfix provides, a lot of driver partnerships where we can you know, help educate you how to run your business, how to be most successful, how to stay healthy even, um, is something that we're able to do. Because when you first start anything, there's always a steep learning curve, right? And our job here at Transfix is, is to, you know, you know, be a partner because the best relationships are partnerships. And that's what we're looking to be with our carriers and our drivers. Do you think speaking of relationships and partnerships, I've known uh, when I worked at a startup, I worked with various digital brokers. Some of them, not naming names, were completely automated and they would not want to talk to you and they actively encouraged you not to. Uh, you know, is there, a, is there a fine line? Is there a point where we should automate this or have a human interaction? Why, you know, being a, being a new startup, being into the game, you know, is there kind of a balance or do you think that the future is all just, you know, magical AI and it just, you know, sends you a chat bot later or something? Um, well, I'm not ready for a ready player one. So if you've ever seen that book, that's, that's not, I don't think where we're looking to go. Um, I think there's, there is a fine line. I think human interaction is necessary. I think that the industry is so fragmented that there's just some things you'll never be able to automate, right? There's just some nuances. It's just not going to happen. You're going to have to pick up the phone. You're going to have to talk to a human. It's an industry expert or an expert with that customer to help solve the problem and give you a better experience, right? Um, there's a lot of things that can be automated and those things should be automated because ultimately they help the carrier. Being able to automate payments quickly to a carrier, to uh, be able to upload POD, PODs quickly and relieve administrative burden for, from a carrier, all things that should be automated. But um, from a point of standpoint of view of um, educating, 
uh, developing relationships and helping problem solve. Sure, there's some things that can be easily automated. I, I have no doubt about that. We all see that in our day-to-day lives now, but there is a fine line. I think that's what Transfix does really well um, of being able to walk in between. You got to have that, exactly. At least having the kind of balance. And I think working with kind of flipping to the opposite end, our enterprise carriers, I'd read a report, I think it was from Craig Fuller, he talked about how he talked with uh, a large trucking executive and he said, I'm having to sign up for load boards now. Um, you know, is is working with some of these thousand plus carriers, is that something that's also part of the strategy? I remember when I came from my brokerage, we would work with them, but the service wasn't always there because you weren't always the one getting yelling at them the most. That's true. I think um, I think for everything in life, there's a time and a place, right? There's a time and a place that we we both need uh, each other. I think what's interesting as the the market evolves and something that we're able to do through just the the power of data uh, and analytics and and being able to really look at um, a broad spectrum of someone's network is we talk a lot about dedicated carrier fleets right now, and that means for higher carriers. But I think there's going to be a big aspect that we're going to be able to tap into more of the private fleet world and be able to start utilizing that capacity. Um, you know, private fleets, we see them on the road. Sometimes they're branded with the product that they sell, that they help, that, you know, the, the asset is owned by. Uh, sometimes they're leased, we don't know. Um, and that capacity is pretty constrained because, you know, there's equipment constraints, time constraints, and other constraints uh, involved. But until recently, it's been really hard to find those carriers and tap into the network based on that. And I think with being able to collect the data that we do to show the overlay, that's kind of the next uh, future sector of it, to be honest with you. So the, the next frontier of the enterprise landscape is it's not, let me tell you when the truck's assigned. It's we have visibility and now we're communicating when the load's really assigned, having that transparency that you can get with a small carrier, but the larger ones still kind of gatekeep you. Yeah, that's true. And I think that... Um, you know, again, there's so many, I, I, you probably know the number better than I do, but we've had so many MCs crop up in the past couple of years. They're not all thousand carrier companies. Um, so it's really kind of flooded the market with a lot more capacity uh, in terms of drivable utilization that we could use. So I think platforms like this are the future to be able to, again, you know, um, kind of spread the wealth if you can and us find the best, the right carrier, at the right time for the right customer instead of having to rely on traditional methods all the time. So kicking it old school. It is. I mean, that's kind of the holy grail. It's it's like networking effects right now. The one to figure out to get the most on the platform, the more visibility you have, it's just a snowballs downwards. This is true. Well, I uh, I think uh, final question here, um, looking at uh, any, any big prediction in the next uh, year or two, we talk about self-driving trucks and stuff. Uh, you have any, any uh, concern of like self-driving truck apocalypse now or? Um, I don't, I particularly don't, I think there's a lot of legislation behind it that, um, you know, I'm not going to be too, you know, uh, privy to, to talk about, but I think that autonomous trucks are going to actually be kind of the future of this dedicated fleet model. I think a couple things will happen. I think one, um, as it grows, hours of service no longer really become a, a issue to us when we think about it. Uh, capacity really doesn't become an issue because there's no more human error behind some of these long hauls. Drivers don't call off sick, Right. Um, and I think that you're going to be able to see a lot happier and better um, influx of drivers uh, in terms of capacity, meaning they get to be home at night. Because I think with autonomous, you're going to be able to maybe eliminate some of those long hauls that drivers haven't super, been super fond of in the past. You're going to be able to make the uh, fleet network more depot uh, style network. So they're all based out of a city center instead of maybe, uh, you know, several states or, or, or zip codes. Um, so you'll see. 
I think what really the big prediction is there's going to be a big rise in the need for YMS and yards uh, with autonomous and with fleets. I think that's how it's going to happen for milk runs and, and trailer interchanges to make the uh, seamless exchanges. Perfect. Thanks so much, uh, Beth. I was Beth Howard, Director of Carry Development at Transfix. Thanks so much for coming on. Thanks, guys.